This is the third episode of a series with an anonymous woman named Catherine. The series with Catherine started in episode 86. In this episode, we talk about role-playing games, Lost in Space, and Battlestar Galactica. We've no survivors. I did play D and D, so that was a whole other aspect. Oh, really? So I did. When did you start that? In my twenties. Oh no, was in, that my, in my thirties. Sure. Oh, after college. Yeah. Okay. Much the time. same. Uh, the BattleTech time also yeah. was a D and D time. Gamer culture, right yes. there. Yeah. Okay. And I liked D and D a lot more. Oh. And then we played a um, game called Numerna, which Don't was like a newer RPG where um, you basically explored what seemed to be alien lands, but I think turned out basically to be Earth 20,000 years from now. Oh, and you could find clever. artifacts of old civilizations and use them towards whatever your oh, that sounds cool. game leader was taking you to. What was it called again? I think it was Numerna. Numerna. Yeah, it had a different um, dice system than D&D did. But it was... Um, yeah, I enjoyed the character development in those. Mm-hmm. And the people we played with, I really... I enjoyed the time that we spent playing together. D&D, I wasn't a big fighter, and so when we would get into battles, I'd kind of hang out at the back. Right, and that explains... So this explains your... You like D&D better because it had less of the battles, but war... Not Warhammer, but Battle Tech is all about the battles. So battle Tech is just robots yeah. on the It's war terrain. strategy. I mean, it's literally like chess, but yeah. a table long. Uh-huh. And... Uh, yeah, you're you are moving based off of your robot's ability to jump, and then you're firing, and your dice determine how many hits you make, and it's very mm-hmm. mathematical and tactical. D and D is much more conversational, which mm-hmm. I appreciated, and then Numerna because it wasn't so. I don't know that we ever had a a, a battle in Numerna. Like it was much more about exploring nice. space together. So, do you watch the new Star Treks? The ones? I don't. So, tell me why not. I don't know why not. I have a, uh, a friend who watches them religiously. I mean, the new Picard is out, mm-hmm. and he watched whatever Enterprise, I think, mm-hmm. is. Discovery. Discovery? Yeah. Was there, there another one? There was called an Enterprise, Enterprise that, that was Scott running. Or whatever? Yeah, that was running when uh, Deep Space Nine and uh, Voyager were running. Really? Yeah. I missed that. So, there's, there was basically a time where you could watch three fresh things from UPN at the time. Oh, yeah. yeah. I did not watch Enterprise. Um, I did not watch Discovery, and I might. At some point, taken Picard. It's just not. Well, watch Picard. I brought it with me. Oh, so I have two episodes. It's only that's the that's all there is, is, right? Yeah. Um, I have to say, my intake of serialized television is a lot different mm. in the streaming age. Yeah. And so it just doesn't. It doesn't ever come on my radar to watch it. Mick and I. Yeah. Just watched Lost in Space. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Which one? The new TV show on, or TV show, but the new streaming show streaming. on Netflix. That is really a nice show. I mean, I, we watched the last, the first season, and we just finished the second season. And as much as I have enjoyed it, yeah, I would rather watch Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> which now, which Battlestar? The Galactica? newer one. You, so you've seen the newer one. Yes, all right. I'd watched all, all of those uh, in my mid twenties. Okay, and they it was over, so I was watching it on Netflix DVDs. Oh, okay. But um, yes, I watched hmm. all four seasons. And I have to say, Lost in Space scratches that itch. But the whole time we watched the second season, I was like, oh. we should just watch Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> That's weird. I don't see them even on the same vector for me. I enjoy... 
lost in space because it's more edgy and less sort of happy-go-lucky from the old show. I never and, saw the old show. And I like the little tweaks. I barely remember the old show. But, and and, and I, mean, I like the tweaks of nostalgia when they bring it up that kind of are, are like mirrors of the old show, but they're fresh. They're not cliche anymore. They're fresh. Mm-hmm. And uh, Battlestar Galactica is really a deeply, you know, uh, is it noir? Yeah, it's a noir-style show that's really it's the, different. It's um, the governance piece, I think, that keeps pinging for me. So, like, the col- the colonists having to work out how to govern themselves because they're not anywhere where established government exists. Mm. I think, similarly, for me, Battlestar Galactica, like, the whole first season was them figuring out, like, who was in charge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I'm like, it was much more interesting on that show. Right, right. <laughs> So Battlestar Galactica, I um, liked the characters. Mm. I was the main captain, um, whose name I can only think of as the actor's name, the almost Edward Almos character. Mm. Uh, I, I don't know. There was something about it. Well, then there's also Julie uh, Gaius Baltar. Baltar, which has the religion piece attached to it. Right. And then you never knew who was going to be uh-huh. uh, whatever they called the robots. A toaster? Uh, sorry, the um, Cylons. The Cylons. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they might refer to them as toasters, right? Yeah. And so I think there were a few seasons where they ended, and I was shocked to find out who the next reveal was. And yeah. that was compelling enough to make me interested. I'm like, how are there now eight of this person? <laughs> In a way, that system of reveal was kind of like, that was a lot like Survivor, the reality TV show oh. where you they announce something new every season because they manipulate the people into making a new decision. <clears throat> so I, I don't mean to say... It was bad, but it was like, wow, that made it excitement yeah. because it was like all of a sudden a main character who you love was under stress because maybe they're the Cylon or maybe their lover was a Cylon mm-hmm. or whatever. And, or you yeah. found out that the, that the Cylon always knew they were a Cylon and kept switching off. And so that this person has had a relationship with uh, um, multiple versions of the same person. Oh, I don't remember that. I think that was one of the uh, stories. Like maybe the guy's wife. Uh, yes, the, the Hilo, of, Hilo or whatever. Oh, Helio, right. Yes. Oh, oh, you mean there were multiple copies of people. Yes. And there were even multiple Cylons, and oh, I forgot yeah. about that relationship. Yeah. yeah, I thought it ended poorly, so I didn't really love the last episode of Battlestar Galactica. I just it tied it too neatly in a little bow, and I was like, oh, I, I remember my question at the end. And spoiler alert to anyone who's not watched Battlestar Galactica, but <laughs> it's been a while, <laughs> people. So if you haven't seen it, go ahead, <laughs> go get on um, it. They have one tube of toothpaste left when they get to Earth. I don't remember that. Okay, and Keep so going. like one of them takes it. And then the the implication is that like they all go off to different corners of this planet, and then the last scene is like modern day us. Right. And I'm like, so they lost the ability to make toothpaste. Like oh, they get to the, the planet and they lose the, the toothpaste. Like we have to go through centuries and, and and millennia of bad dental care because you only brought one tube of toothpaste. Well. No, I don't remember that, so I can't even take the. Yeah, I can't dissect that. But I thought it was funny. I was like, "What the, an odd." The old Battlestar Galactica ended where they come to contemporary Earth as well. So I, I saw some resonance mm-hmm. for somebody who's seen the old mm-hmm. one, but I'm confused at the same time because I forgot what happened to the story about Earth nuking itself. Was that the fault, not the correct planet, and they thought it was Earth, and they killed right. Oh, so that's the thing. Okay. So, so they show up confused. on Earth and they are now our ancient ancestors. Right. That's right. And their ships <laughs> rust and go away and they go to different corners of the Earth and start to populate the Earth with people. 
Okay. Only one of them gets a tube of toothpaste. Whatever that's about. And humanity doesn't have toothpaste then for three millennia. Oh. Like... <laughs> How, so, so remind me, were they? Was this like caveman level? Uh, yeah, like they were like oh, new was it humans. Contemporary no, the, the contemporary. Uh, okay. The ending goes to then you see like, sort, and this is my memory of it. But the, you see sort of streets in contemporary in the contemporary world. Mm. But my under my interpretation was that these were our ancestors. Okay, like they arrived on the planet as yeah. This is how humans got here. And they're still alive because they're immortal, perhaps. No, or no, no. They like they die? are gone. Okay. Okay. And, generations upon generations upon generations and earth develops its history as we know like okay. you can go through the egyptians and all that but we forgot how to make toothpaste <laughs> so so i have to go back and rewatch that because I, <laughs> I feel like i totally like it just went out of my head i could have that. completely gotten no, it. i, think I could have totally completely bad. interpreted it wrong but that's what stuck with me like that's I, the interpretation i got and i was just like really <laughs> like that's where the show was headed that's funny huh <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm we also lost our ta- octagonal paper for some reason. Oh, okay. <laughs> all of those corners cut off of all the paper on Battlestar Galactica. Wow, I don't remember the detail. All right, mm. nice. Yeah, there might have been a Bible that Gaius was making. Who knows? I wanted to go back to Discovery for a second. Yeah. So you haven't seen it yet, but here's my uh, interpretation, and I'm, I would love to hear when or if you ever see Discovery. So to me, just, just to share something here, Discovery is a, another generational reculturalization of what Star Trek used to be and pushing it closer to the edge again, because Star Trek always pushes us close to the social edge, mm-hmm. and then, you know, as close as they can get and still be commercially successful, I suppose. And then, and then the show... The shows stopped like in the late 90s mm-hmm. and now 90, 20 years later, they start again and they've moved right up to the edge again. So there's a lot more like millennial values is what I would call uh-huh. it. Um, there's uh, gay marriage, openly gay characters. There's um, people who aren't so like obviously fit, thin model types. So there's different body body uh, type people who are on the crew. Um so I found it really nice you know, because they, they really they really brought out... Okay, so as somebody who goes to science fiction conventions, mm-hmm. there's a certain kind of person you meet there who's is. smart mm-hmm. but may not care so much about makeup and all these other things, and now they have them represented in the new Star Trek. Uh-huh. So I felt like I'm seeing people that I would see who normally would watch are now in the show, and they're like very smart women who have ideas, and they're not necessarily... The, the professional sheen of of the earlier Starfleet people was very like um, solid. They're all academy trained. Where now it's like a little more wiggle room for the geek. So more oh, geek culture in it as well. Wow. Yeah, very different. I know that the friend I know who watches it didn't love the first season, but stuck it out and very much liked the second season. So it, he is a star. He is a Trekkie, which oh, okay. I would not consider myself. He right. goes to conventions. Oh yeah, and meets people and has a captain's uniform and all of that. Um, but I would say that based on his recommendation, Discovery, maybe at some point. I just, the commitment to a television show that is either not 25 minutes long or is not only 10 episodes feels like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of time, sure. a lot of investment, and if I'm not enjoying it, even more investment. Right, right, right. Well, you haven't seen it yet, I assume. Oh, the other cool thing is there's more Chinese. Oh. So. Ooh, that's bringing that's whole... me to a different... So another thing I loved was... Um, Firefly. Yeah, Firefly. Yeah. Well, this is... Firefly used it as a... um, I would call it a... Something that was happening off camera with the Chinese language and the swearing. The swearing was on camera, but that created all these implications that were off camera. Like, what's going on here? In this show, the the first ship that gets destroyed is uh, called... I forgot its name, but it's a Chinese name. Mm Mm-hmm. 
The name of the ship is Shenzhou, which roughly translates to divine craft. So the ship's openly Chinese named, the captain is Chinese, and uh, um, I don't want to give any spoilers here, so I'll be careful. Don't worry, uh, audience. And so there's a strong female lead. There's a female captain who's Chinese. The second command's a, the strong black woman who was in The Walking Dead. I don't know if you watched The Walking Dead. I did Dead. not watch it past like the first couple episodes. She's but... a very good actor. Her name's in the, her character's name in the show is Michael Burnham, so she takes on the mm-hmm. like a, a male uh, type sounding name, mm-hmm. and uh, and she's Vulcan. Uh, she is human raised with Vulcan, if I remember correctly. So she was raised by Spock's parents oh, okay. as an adopted daughter, uh, orphan. Yeah. Got it. Uh, so I'm doing a quick, uh, yeah, I'm doing a quick discovery ad because I, I think more people should see the show. But there's there's a bunch of people, at least in my generation, that seem put off that they have to pay money for streaming. Uh, <laughs> and I keep telling them, you don't know what you're missing. Oh, the other thing is, okay, my kids, mm-hmm. eight and fifteen. Mm-hmm. Aren't, they don't get into Star Trek Next Generation two years ago. Mm. Totally. I tried, mm-hmm. didn't take. The, the original series, they will, because it's a little more action-packed, though the fact that it's not quite modern, it's 1968, it's not, the cool. special effects are a little bit like, you know, a little bit, a little bit, but, they, but they actually the, 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 the stories are strong enough that they hold themselves, where the, the Next Generation is more cerebral about relationships, mm-hmm. which they don't, you know, they don't quite get the, mm-hmm. they don't see drama and some of that. They see a lot of talking and no action. But they will totally watch the heck out of Discovery. They like or like want to see that show because Discovery is more similar to. I don't want to uh, dissuade people who didn't like the um, the the bad robot uh, productions of of Star Trek uh, that came out in the last two movies. Mm-hmm. But it's more along the lines of, of action and still has science and much more geek, geek culture than I've seen in any Star Trek. And uh, the kids really loved it. And it's like so, yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. I will give Discovery a try. I will do that. I can commit to that. <laughs> and the Picard's a different kind of animal. I have no expectations on Picard. I've not read anything about it. I think of it as a bridge between those two. It's a, it's like it's going to have a little more action. The needle moves closer to the action, like in Discovery, but bringing along the the, the traditionalists who probably didn't the Trekkies. Mm-hmm. M- many of them probably hated Discovery because it's an alternate timeline situation. And then there's some. For me, it was a little bit off putting to have another new kind of warp drive technology that was even better. But and I, now I'm totally on board and I get it. But there's a bunch of new things That's that what I my didn't know. Said. Yeah. He, he did not like it. Yeah. And then there's some episode where it got better explained. Yeah. And he got on board. He was like, oh. Yeah. This makes total sense. I think it, okay. <laughs> it took a while for us to get over ourselves a little bit because uh, it's all pretend science anyhow. But if it isn't explained and creates that, how do I say, that potential for it to be feasible, it's very hard as a Trekkie to mm-hmm. care that this mm-hmm. is now moving into the science fantasy area, which is a little bit different thing for some people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so Picard is more a little more traditional, and so they're bringing in the, a lot of the old cast and crew from Next Generation are, are involved. Has and Hugh appeared yet? I don't know that he will either. I oh adore Hugh. That is is Jonathan Frank's Q? No, Jonathan Frank's was um, Will Riker. Will Riker. That's what I thought. And Q, I forgot. I don't. Q remember. is um, I don't know, but he's like the god. Yeah, yeah. I remember who character. he is. But I don't remember, like, the actor's name. So I don't know that he's in it. I I, I actually, you're probably right because I could totally see that happening. To me, they're going to take the best of characters from Next Generation and they're going to get a few spots in the show to help. John Delancey. Oh, right. Yes. All right. Yeah. Uh, Q was, um, there's a book I think called Q Squared. 
Yeah. On this in the Star Trek fiction world, I, I've read that book two or three times. I wow. Adore, I adore that book. Why? I don't know. What's about? I, what's it about? I, well, first of all, it's Q. So like the fact that there's a book where Q is centralized as a character. Okay. I, the Q character has always been intri- like very, just very intriguing to me. I don't know why. I think it has to do with he's very pompous, but he's also very playful. Uh. And there's this whole sort of. Um, he reminds me, this goes back to the conversation we had a little bit ago, he reminds me of Greek and Roman gods. Yeah. I mean, he reminds me of sort of the mischievous, overly involved, ultimately perhaps caring about humanity, but perhaps not. Mm. Um, and so I think that his um, unpredictability in the show I found really intriguing. And then in the book, I don't even remember the plot now, it's time to go read it again. But um, <laughs> I, in the book, I just I found it made the book thrilling like because there was this character who you know the character but he's not you can't decide what he's going to do like you, he's just he just shows up and throws a whole bunch of things that then the rest of the crew has to figure out how to navigate and he doesn't seem to have any sort of overarching plan which again speaks to some religion and faith pieces um but i just as a character i just loved him i don't know he hit something with me when i was eight and mm. made sense generation ship that travels for a millennia to a new world only to find it already occupied. A political science fiction novelette that Harry Turtledove says will raise your hackles. The novelette by Lancer Kind is called Memories Victims. It's available on Amazon. You can tap on the link in the show notes. This is the last episode with Catherine. You can hear the series from the beginning, which starts at episode 86.